before we started worship. This might blow your mind. We started Advent today, which means there are only four Sundays before Christmas, counting today. That means that after today, there'll only be three Sundays until Christmas. It's pretty incredible, right? Did you know it was that soon? Somebody's like, already got uh, Amazon open right now, ordering presents, because you didn't realize that Christmas was that close. And that's okay, right? Order some Amazon, it's okay. Just listen while you're doing it. So we're starting today uh, this series off. Uh, we've never started with joy before. In fact, uh, the papers that, that the Gordons were holding, uh, reading about joy, actually said week three of Advent. I had to mark that out and write week one, but I really felt the Holy Spirit leading me to begin this series, this season, uh, with talk, talking about joy specifically. Uh, we have a choice every day, every moment of every day as believers to say yes to joy. You could use this language, come into agreement with joy. The power of agreement is so strong. Even in the natural, have you ever thought about how strong the power of agreement is? If there's just two people that agree they both saw something a certain way, that is in itself enough to send somebody to jail for life. It's enough to acquit somebody of a crime they've been accused of if two people agree and say, no, this is not how it happened. The power of agreement in the natural is one of the most powerful forces on earth. But man, we know natural things speak of supernatural things. In the spirit, in the supernatural, it is even more powerful than it is in the natural. And yes, we come into agreement with salvation when we receive salvation. We come into agreement with the word and what it says about us and who it says we are and what it says we can do. And we see the word of God flowing through us and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us like never before. One of the things that we have to come into agreement with to experience it and that we have a chance every day is joy. Galatians 5.22 is, is, is something that we probably all hopefully know from heart, even from being in Sunday school. But this is the verse that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm just going to read it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. What does that mean, the fruit of the Spirit? This is what the Holy Spirit produces. Where does the Holy Spirit produce this? In us. The Holy Spirit is resident inside of every believer, which means he's not out here on his own producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness in the world without a believer coming into agreement and being the conduit of that. It's got to start in your own life. And once you have these fruit operating in your life, it will then overflow to everywhere you walk, your family first, your home. The place you work, your church, your community, your state, your city, your world. According to how much you can have operating in your life, it can spread from you and go everywhere else. The word joy here in Galatians 5.22 is a Greek word chara. And I just love the definition of joy in the Greek that was, this was the, the language it was written in cheerfulness or calm delight gladness, greatly, to be exceeding of joy or joyful. 
Man, joyful, part of being joyful, uh, there's a word used for joy in the New Testament that involves literally jumping up and down when Paul writes rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The word rejoice he uses is actually uh, referring to the act of jumping up and down. You are so joyful. I love that the word here in Galatians 5.22 speaks to calm delight, which means we know this. Joy can look a lot of ways. Man, we can have a sudden moment of joy when it just leads us to jumping up and down. I remember when my kids were born, uh, Lisa, one of the only times in my life I remember actually jumping and just being so excited that my kids were born, right? Well, I'm holding a baby here in my arm. I remember jumping up and down. But joy can also be just this feeling of calm delight that carries you through every moment in life. When we lose that, it's usually because we start to believe, even if we don't say it out loud or think it uh, in English words, but we start to believe that joy is based on circumstances. When this stuff starts going right in my life, I'll experience joy. Until then, I'm going to experience stress and sorrow, and I'm just going to be in a grumpy mood and a grouchy mood. And I know you might never think that because it sounds ridiculous to actually think to yourself, I'm just going to be a grump and a grouch until this stuff works out. But really, that's what we're saying when we just, as a Christian, walk around grumpy and grouchy all the time. Instead of accessing the joy that has been deposited in us along with the Holy Spirit, we choose to operate in the opposite. We believe the lie too often that joy is based on our own circumstances, the circumstances surrounding our life, or maybe the circumstances in the world. Whatever it is, if you're waiting on things to go right before you experience and encounter joy, as a believer, you're missing out on something that is on the inside of you and is not only important for you to walk in, it's just as important for you to walk in joy for other people and for this world. So keep that in mind because we're going to get to that. But as important as it is for you personally to walk in joy, it's actually important to the world for believers to walk in joy. Amen. I'm going to tell you why, too, because it's, it's all here in black and white. I'm going to tell you about it. But that really is, to me, the best thing about joy is it's not something I'm waiting on. It's not something I have to get in my prayer closet and ask God for. Lord, please give me joy. It, it, we talked about this in that last series. So many times we start asking the Lord to give us something he's already given us. We're sitting here saying, Lord, please give me joy. And he said, I did. It's a part of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you. And he's saying to us, just take it. Just experience it. Just encounter it. Just say yes to it. So the question is, the million dollar question, the, the, the thing that's on all of our minds is, okay, so how? How do I do it? If, if, if I'm asking for joy, if I'm not experiencing it, if I don't feel joy right now, if I'm dealing with everything else besides joy, how do I say yes? If it's on the inside of me, how do I say yes? Romans 15, 13. Man, somebody, uh, a Joel was feeling this verse on his heart this morning in our prayer time, and he read it out loud. Uh, it was in the reading that uh, I believe um, it, was, it was in uh, the reading that the Gordons did this morning. And it's been in my notes all week. Romans 15, 13 is a powerful verse that you should know by heart. If you don't, write it on an index card, put it in your pocket, pull it out every time you grab something in your pocket and just read it. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy 
Ghost. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. What is this talking about? If the New Testament, if Galatians already says that we are full of joy, what does this mean? What did Paul mean when he said, may the God of hope fill you with joy? He's given us the answer. He's telling us how to walk in it, right? So we're going to break this down just a little bit. Christians are three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. Your spirit is where the Holy Spirit dwells, which means that joy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that is joy, is resident and complete on the inside of you in your spirit. The other two parts of you are your body and your soul. The Bible defines your soul as your mind, will, and emotions. My mind does not always experience joy. Your mind does not always experience joy. Sometimes your mind and my mind start dwelling on everything that's going wrong, and joy is the furthest thing from our mind. But the catch-all for the believer is that might be the furthest thing from your mind, but it is still resident on the inside of you in your spirit. I'm trying to get that joy from my spirit operating in my mind. And Paul says here in Romans 15, 13, that your mind will be filled with joy and peace. It's like a, a double whammy in your believing. You got to believe. And, and that's a phrase that you could just leave like that. And okay, well, what does that even mean? He doesn't leave us hanging there either. We did a whole series, a whole series called Faith and Belief. And I want to give you a little bit of a reminder. Faith is a gift from God. Belief is something that we, as believers, have to uh, cast out unbelief and focus on believing. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 defines it like this. You've heard this one. You know this one by heart, I'm sure. It says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the supernatural, sight is the natural. And when we walk by sight, what we are seeing with our physical eyes in this physical world, we will be met with unbelief all the time. Because when I look in the mirror and my body says something isn't right, and I say something isn't right, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, and we go to WebMD and we start to try to figure out what's wrong before we ever decide to walk by faith, and look to the word and begin to declare, 1 Peter 2, 24 says, by his stripes I'm healed. Maybe something's not right right now, but I'm gonna speak to this. I'm gonna walk in healing. I'm gonna see this body line up with the word. We do the same thing or we can do the same thing with joy. Yes. That when the world is hitting us from every direction, when things aren't going right, when we wake up for whatever reason and we're just not feeling joy, we have a chance to look to the word, to start to walk by faith instead of by sight. And you could also call that casting out unbelief. We'll begin to believe like never before. And Romans 15, 13 says that joy and peace will then fill our minds. Too many times we look to the world or anything else first for the joy. Well, let me get this bill paid, then I'll relax and have some joy. Let me do this and get, then I'll experience some joy. Fill in the blank. But anytime we choose to walk by our sight over our faith, and joy might show up, it might not. But as we make decisions every moment to walk and operate by faith and not by sight, I like to see uh, belief as like a meter. How much belief 
am I operating in? How much unbelief am I, am I operating in? Unbelief will hit you from every different way. Unbelief hits you when you turn on the, the, the TV and you start to see commercials for the, the seasonal allergy things and it reminds you, oh yeah, I'm gonna have my allergies kick in here pretty soon. That's literally unbelief. The Bible says that we are redeemed from the curse of allergies. Does that mean that we, that, that we aren't hit with it? No, sometimes we're still hit with it. But how about instead of looking to the commercial and putting our order in for whatever it is, instead of that, we look to the word first and begin to declare that we are not going to deal with allergies anymore. Begin to speak to our body, tell it to line up with the word of God, and, and, and take steps towards healing instead of steps towards walking in that sickness. Unbelief can, can hit us from, I don't know, a bad teaching. Unbelief sometimes hits us just from not being aware of what the word says about a situation. That's why it's so important to know the word. Because when you know the word and it's your go-to, when you wake up and your body is not feeling 100%, what does the word say? Not what does your body say. Giving your body and what your body is saying precedence over what the word says is walking by sight and not by faith. When we begin to make that decision to give the word precedence over anything else, Romans 15, 13 says that joy and peace will flood our mind. And here, don't forget the last part. Just here's a bonus. And what happens next? Well, then you start abounding in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And boy, we'll talk about hope here in a couple weeks. And Talked about it, I believe, even last week, but that's one of the most powerful forces, like agreement. Hope is so powerful. In fact, our faith operates by following your hope. That's, that's straight from the word. Your faith actually moves. If you can picture it, hope is like the light at the end of the tunnel. Your faith sees that light and says, that's where we're headed. Well, here Paul says, listen, if you look to the word first and foremost, if you get your belief up, if you cast out unbelief, not only will hope, not only will joy and peace flood your mind, hope will follow. And if you keep following that thread, that means your faith will operate and move you towards that hope. And really, we can begin to apply this in every part of our life from, 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 from when you're making big decisions. I, I believe there's a lot of you in this room that have big decisions facing you right now, whether it's it, from, from your work to we got kids thinking about college. We got all kinds of, of, of us in this community facing big decisions right now that can overwhelm you. I know sometimes when I'm facing big decisions in my flesh, I start to get very uh, overwhelmed. In my flesh, I can get very overwhelmed. I can get very anxious. But that's walking by sight and not by faith. When I'm facing a big decision and I begin to look to the word, when I go to the Lord in prayer instead of to everything else and everywhere else, and, and I remember that Psalms chapter 1, verse 3 says that when you delight in the Lord, what you put your hands to will prosper. You'll bear fruit in every season, which makes those big decisions remarkably easier to make, right? When I remember, hey, listen, I can keep moving forward in this area and be blessed, or I can make a decision and go the complete opposite way, and I'm going to be blessed and bear fruit in that decision. It makes making those decisions so much better, easier, and according to the word, I'll experience joy in my mind followed by hope. 
My body is being attacked by sickness instead of looking anywhere else, looking to the word first. Remembering 1 Peter 2, 24 says, I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. Will then allow joy to flood my mind, followed by hope. When I'm going through something, when the world's throwing something at me, when the enemy's throwing something at me, my family is being attacked, when I'm being attacked. And I remember James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. He actually says, count that as a joy. Why? Because you'll get through it. And during this trial, you'll actually have a chance for your patient endurance to grow. That's a powerful verse. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete needing nothing. He is speaking to us from the perspective of victory. He's not saying, hey, hold your breath. Maybe you'll get through this trial. Maybe you won't. No, he's saying you are going through a trial, but you need to go through this with the perspective of victory. There is no chance you're going to lose this battle. If you don't quit, you win. Jesus already won. So James is saying, look, count it a joy. Yes, something's coming your way, but just stay standing. You're going to come out on top. You're going to come out with the victory and your patient endurance will have a chance to grow. But you have to make the choice to operate in joy through it. And that's what he's saying too. consider it an opportunity for great joy. He doesn't say you'll automatically walk in great joy when a trial comes your way. No, he's telling you what I'm telling you. When you go through stuff, you have to consider within yourself to operate in the joy. And when you do, it'll be followed by hope. When you make mistakes, instead of focusing on that mistake and walking by sight, look to Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says that when we look to Jesus, that stuff that we fall to will actually fall by the wayside on its own. And when we do, instead of looking at our own mistakes and thinking about how, how much we messed up or how much something messed us up or whatever it is, when we look to Jesus and walk by faith instead of sight, we will even experience joy in our minds in the middle of some of our great failures. And then when for whatever reason we're not experiencing joy, we're not coming into agreement with what is already inside us, we're not encountering that sometimes you just got to remind yourself that it's on the inside and sometimes as a brother and a sister you got to remind other people man one of the most powerful moments i've ever encountered was it, i think it was about four years ago it was after my dad had died and it was christmas and we were doing advent it wasn't the first christmas he was gone but it was it was the one after and it was uh it was advent and i, I knew that week was uh the week we were focusing on joy. And I'm telling you guys, I, I wake up on, just if you don't need to know my routine, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. I wake up on Monday mornings and that is when I really start focusing on the follow, that, that, that Sunday's message. Like, if I don't have an outline by lunchtime on Monday, it, I'm telling you, in my flesh, I start to get antsy. And I'm like, ooh, I'm really pushing it on time this week. It is lunchtime on Monday and I don't have my three points yet? This is, this is hard. Right, so this was, uh, I, I'm just, I, I like having it at least in an outline form. I can focus and think about it all week and make changes. This was Saturday night before Sunday morning and I didn't have a message 
outlined yet. I, I knew I was supposed to talk about joy that week, but I was just having the hardest time putting anything down. And it was Saturday night. We were at a Christmas party. And it was with Lisa's parents and my pastor, Pastor Dean, was there and, and a bunch of other people. And I sat beside Pastor Dean on this couch. And uh, man, it's, sometimes it's hard to get Pastor Dean to like concentrate. He's, he is in a million different places and you can ask him a question. And if he doesn't feel like talking about it, he'll just tell you something else. Yeah, and uh, he just, he does, he says what he, what he, it's hard to get him sometimes. I sat beside him and I said, Pastor Dean, if you were talking about joy tomorrow at church, what would your message be based around? It's kind of like cheating for the test a little bit is what I felt like. He just looked at me and he goes, why are you asking me? He says, why are you asking me about joy? That's what you carry. That's what your family carries. He goes, every time you walk into a room and your family walks into the room, you just, everybody sees the joy of the Lord all over you guys. He's like, I would go to you to ask you about that. Why are you asking me? And I'm telling you, as soon as he said that, it was like I just got this message downloaded. I, I started taking some notes. I got my phone out and started putting an outline together. It was something supernatural that happened the second he looked at me and said, that's what you carry. Sometimes we got to look at ourselves. Yeah. In the middle of the grumpiness, in the middle of uh, the depression, in the middle of, of anything coming against us, we got to look at ourselves and say, you carry joy. Yeah. Yes. Good. And sometimes we got to look at our brothers and our sister, right. and we have to say, you carry joy. Yeah. That's good. And it's not a condemnation moment. It's calling out what we have. It'd be condemnation if we said, why aren't you carrying joy? What's wrong with you? What's going on with you? You have no reason to act like this, blah, blah, blah. No, you carry joy. It's on the inside of you. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It can carry you through every season of life, even seasons of grief, seasons of sorrow. You know, sadness and joy aren't necessarily opposites of each other. They're just different emotions that we experience as humans. The Bible in the book of Isaiah calls Jesus a man of sorrows. In Romans it says the oil of gladness was poured out on him like no other. Yeah. And joy can even carry us through seasons of loss, grief, and sadness. Yeah. And maybe that's not going to be the kind of joy where we're jumping up and down, right? Mm -hmm. But don't forget joy is also defined as calm delight. but it will carry you through every emotion, every season. The Bible is even very clear on when we are to try and access this joy. Philippians 4.4 4 says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Don't forget that Paul wrote that from the depths of a dark, wet, dirty prison. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So here's the answer. When should we access this joy? Always. Yeah. There's not a supply that we want to save some for a hard season later in life. No, we're not going to run out. It doesn't run out. The fruit of the Holy Spirit grows and always grows. It doesn't have an off season. You're not going to bankrupt the bank of joy on the inside of you. Yeah. Access it at all time and it will carry you through every season. Jesus, we can see this in the life of Jesus. In Hebrews 12, 2 through 3, I already referenced this scripture once. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. 
I believe the King James Bible says, because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Joy is what carried Jesus through the cross. Man, do you think he felt like jumping up and down physically as he was being beaten, as he was being nailed to the cross, as his body was being broken, as he physically carried our sicknesses and diseases upon himself? Man, some people struggle with getting out of bed when they got a little flu. And Jesus carried a cross up a hill with the flu on the inside of him, with COVID-19 resident in his body, with tumors, with cancer. And it was the joy set before him, which what was the joy set before him? It was you, it was me. It was getting to be with us. But as he accessed that joy, it carried him up the hill. It carried him onto the cross. And we can access it too. Luke chapter 2, this is when it started for us. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. We'll probably read it more than a few times here over the next month. There's a whole lot in this. It's not just a cute little Christmas story. There's a whole lot of revelation in this chapter. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying glory to God in the highest. On earth peace, good will toward men. Good tidings of great joy. Not for some people, for all people. Salvation and everything that goes along with salvation is a done deal that Jesus provided for every person. We talked about agreement earlier. Not everybody's walking in salvation because not everybody's coming to agreement with it. But if you are a believer, that means you've said yes to Jesus. You've confessed with your mouth, believe in your heart that he's the savior. That means this is for you and that means these good tidings of great joy are for you. Yes. It's for you. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. This is, where, this is why we can be joyful. You know, Jesus did not exactly bring peace on earth like we imagine sometimes, right? Because you know what? Since he came, there's still been wars, right? Yeah. There was wars happening when he was being born. But the angel declared peace on earth. So just like we broke down that last scripture, Romans 15, 13, where he says you'll be filled with joy. He wasn't talking about our spirit. That's already full of joy. He wasn't talking about our body. Our body is full of flesh and bone and organs. The only part left of us that could be filled with joy was our mind. So Paul was saying, do you want to experience joy in your mind? Believe. Yeah. Get the unbelief out. Get the belief up. Walk by faith, not by sight. So right here, the angel, let's break that down. She wasn't, he, the angel wasn't talking about peace on earth as far as no more wars, no more anger, no more malice. The peace on earth is now between God and man yeah. because that thing, that horrible, ugly thing that was causing a war, the sin problem that separated man from God, the Savior who was going to take care of that had been born. And he was wrapped in swaddling clothing. And instead of being born as a king in the natural, 
He was in a stable. He was surrounded by animals and everything that goes along with that. Probably didn't smell too good in there. But a savior, a Messiah, a king was born. And because of that child, peace between God and man was a done deal. And that is the reason for the great joy that we can all experience. And remember earlier I said it's just as important for the world that we say yes to joy as it is for us. We can be so selfish with our joy, right? We get all depressed and we get all, and, and we, we kind of get into that, that thing, that, I don't know, maybe that thought, well, I'm just going to feel this way for a while. I don't know, maybe it's getting, I mean, if we're being real, maybe it's getting you some attention that you wanted from somebody. I don't know. But for whatever reason, we're saying yes to the, to the depression, the grumpiness, the grouchiness, the, the being down, downtrodden, beaten up, instead of accessing our joy. But we're actually withholding something awesome from the world and from everybody else around you, just like we are from ourselves. Proverbs 28, 12, in the Passion Translation, says, the triumphant joy of God's love releases great glory. But when the wicked rise to power, everyone goes into hiding. In the King James, when righteous men do rejoice, you can say women too right here, when righteous women do rejoice, there is great glory. When the wicked rise, a man is hidden. Glory is released into wherever you're at as you say yes to the joy found in the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? It can mean a lot of things. I know part of it, Romans 15, 13 says, hope will follow when you say yes to joy. Man, sometimes just seeing somebody hopeful is a light on a hill, right? You know, no one's going to follow a leader who, who's up there being all depressed and grumpy. You become a leader almost instantly when you begin to say yes to hope. Honestly, whoever's walking in the most hope, that's usually the person that people are looking to. You begin to say yes to joy, the Bible says that it releases glory into the world. Man, say yes to joy and watch the place you work become a hub for the glory of God instead of whatever else it is in there. You begin to release joy and watch your home begin to be filled with the glory of God over anything else. You say yes to joy, watch your church community be filled with the glory of God. Say yes to joy and watch the Gastonia Street Mission uh, be filled with the glory of God. Watch, say yes to joy and, and watch your extended family experience the glory of God. And it's just gonna keep going from there. Jesus said, start where you're at. Judea, where he was at. Then he said, Samaria, surrounding areas. Then he said, the uttermost parts of the world. When you say yes to joy and the hope that follows that, Everybody around you is going to experience the glory of God like never before. Joy for the believer is a choice. For the world, it really is based on outside circumstances, and that's sad. I don't know how people are making it without the Holy Spirit right now. Not a lot of joy, and we can kind of see it, right? But it's not based on circumstances for you. The good tidings of great joy have been declared and it's a done deal. The fruit of the Holy Spirit resident in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But man, that joy can carry us through every moment.
as long as we say yes to it. And we do that by casting out the unbelief and watching our belief level, if you will, rise. It, it really can be that simple. I like making things really simple. Get the unbelief out, get the belief up. That's also up to you. Some people say, I just don't believe. I need some help believing. Well, stop letting all the unbelief in. Turn off the TV. Turn off the news. Uh, it, it might be a season of saying no to negative conversations, right? I mean, it's usually probably a season of that, but sometimes you just got to cut things off. Forget that conversation. Something negative hits your brain, on purpose focus on something positive. Open the word when you start to get worried about stuff. Watch that belief level rise and then joy will fill your mind according to Romans 15, 13 and peace followed by hope. It's gonna release glory to everybody around you, amen? Let's let joy carry us through this season and then every season to come as well. Amen? Let's all stand together.